Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Sometimes I'm so loud in my anointing that I lose the whisper and the noise. I don't hear him as clearly as I might should be because I'm always bending to what I'm really good at, which is being loud. It comes by naturally. It comes by honestly. I get it through my daddy and my mama. Yeah. When we would get together for uh, Christmases at the Ball Residence on Joy Circle, 114 Joy, that circle is being redeemed. That house, that circle, the man in the house, the things around the house are being redeemed. Redemption. It's in the land. Because the trees decided to stand. And I'm looking at a bunch of trees here today. Just trees. Who know where their water comes from. Who know where their source is. That can lead them to solutions. But I don't go to him for solutions. I go to him because he's the source. First message our leader gave us. I don't even remember when he sang, preached it. The first message Mark ever preached. Solution versus the source. Source and solution. Source, source. It's, it was as pure then as it is now. It's as pure now as it was then. It's, it's, it's pure. It's, it's real. So I've learned a lot through being around family like my like the balls especially. The I get the Nicholson and the ball gene married one another and just I don't know what happened but it was like nitroglycerin just like complete boom. <laughs> my dad found my mom here one day and said she he was going to marry her and he tapped her on the shoulder. I said, "Can I sit by you?" Is that what he said? You tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> And said, can I, can I sit by you? I wish a girl would do that to me. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's all Yahweh wanted me to do was release that. So the return. Anybody waiting on a return of what you've been giving out? He loves to reward those who diligently seek him. He's not just a person. He's a giver. Hey. We love the person of Christ because it's intimate, it's awesome, but he's a giver. He wants to give us stuff. It's Christmas time. His presence is present with presents. All right, I got to get to my message. I can already feel bunny trails. I can see, I can see them. (laughs) I can see the bunnies hopping, like literally, like, woo! Today's going to, I do too, I do too, I love bunny trails. Um, Today, I feel a difference today. I feel something else today that I haven't felt before, even in my ministry and who I am. Um, 
I don't know what it will look like today, but I just want you to know I am, <clears throat> I'm turning with the, with the wind. I'm turning with the channel of the Lord. I'm turning with voices in my life that have encouraged me to go, hey, how about over here? How about try this? How about, how about this? How about, you know, this works really well, but how about, how about move over here? Sometimes a leader can come to you and voice that to you, and it comes out like Yahweh speaking it to you. Because it is Yahweh in the earth through the, through the vessel who's speaking it. And I, but when he said it, I heard heaven in it. Yeah. It's like when Mark went through the transition here. I didn't understand all of it, but when he told me the story, I heard heaven in his response. Yeah. I heard Yahweh in his response. Yeah. So I didn't even care if it was Mark telling me. I heard heaven in it, so I knew it was Yahweh in yeah. it. That's right. I heard heaven in it, so I knew Yahweh was backing it. I heard heaven sound in it. I heard the heavenly calling sound in it. Just as beautiful as it is to hear us sing here today. I heard it. I responded to, I'm in complete agreement with it. Don't ask me the deets, the details of it, but I'm completely agreeing with you. And I'm all in. Does my mind comprehend it? No. My heart jumps and leaps for joy, though. And if my heart's leaping for joy, then my head will sooner or later come around and put some grounding to the heart that's pumping full of life and passion. And So I, I felt that in this last week, not only with Thursday, but just with the last year, a real shifting and a turning. And, um, and I'm just so grateful to be here again. It's an honor to be in this house, an honor to get to privilege to speak and to sing and to do what we do up here. But I, I want us to just remember, this is just an addition to what goes on in your own life. You know, I, I'm okay with you coming here to, to, to begin if you're a beginner. I'm okay with you beginning here. I'm, I'm okay with you allowing this to be a beginning if you're a beginner. Right? But I can look at most faces in this house and go, you ain't no beginner. You've been in this thing for a while. You're mature. So I, I, can, I can freely speak prophetically, which is mainly how I speak. Or I can put that on the shelf for a little while and come in and, and begin to speak to you in different language and different kind of understanding, different um, or, oracle anointings that are in me that can come out that doesn't have to just be one dimensional. Right? So I'm learning that as we speak, and I love it. I love the, the ability to learn with him and the ability for him to, rec- to um, help me remember that it's an ongoing, continual journey that we're learning on, yeah. you know, um, and it's exciting and awesome. So I'm going to try to dive into the word hope today. Mark has pretty much laid it out the last four weeks or so, just what hope looks like to us, what hope is. Um, how we have received it, what has done for our life. Have you not been blessed by the word that's come from this house? Amen. Um, and I, me and Mark had a great time this last week just discussing things. And um, Mark said something to me that just really hit home with me. He goes, man, I, I just feel like you have something on hope. I just feel like you have something on it. And I want you to speak from that. And for me, that was like telling... Michael Jordan to go play baseball. We all know what happened with that. 
He went back to basketball. <laughs> the greatest of all time, by the way. Samuel, Samuel Clement. Me and him have a little running argument for that. It's a generational thing. What are you going to do? <laughs> He's actually not Kobe. He is LeBron James. <laughs> Woo, let's talk about basketball. It's just... I created more of a response than anything. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but when he told me that, it was, it was an invitation to something bigger in Yahweh for me. And I loved it. And it was really Yahweh going, I want you to do this. He'll, he won't really give you other things to do until you're really grounded in what you do well. What I mean by that is his anointing that he's specifically designed for you to carry. Until you hone in on that really well and know that like you know him, because you can't know that till you know him. When you know him, you know that. So I'm here to tell you what I do here, what Yahweh does through me or through preaching or singing or whatever. I know it. I got the T-shirt and the other T-shirts coming with it. I got it. I know it, right? Here's a question for, for you today in the anointing Yahweh has put on you. Do you know it? Do you know it intimately like you know your wife or husband? Do you know what he has placed on your shoulders to carry into the earth? Same assignment, but it looks particular to each person. It looks distinctive and decisive to each one of us. It's a whole body with many members in it. We're learning what we are in it and who we are to him. But I want us to know, to think about this for a moment. Do we know what he's placed on us well? Do we live with it? Do we engage it? And here's kind of a simple thing. You know, you might be a dentist like Steve is. You might go to work every day like Steve does, like Dr. Joe does, all of them, and they do that well. That's their anointing. That's what Yahweh has placed on their shoulders to carry into the earth, the work ethic of a, of a businessman in the earth that's just as pivotal as a preacher up here preaching to 120 people listening, right? They found their niche and who they are, the anointing, and... Steve is a beautiful, an unbelievable painter. Unbelievable painter. Jerry is a craftsman, be extraordinaire. Don's a money man, has a lot of money. <laughs> Sorry, Don, I really am. And it's true that that's what you always placed on them. And I'm not saying this to you at all, but I'm saying it's true that Yahweh has placed that on their shoulders to carry that, but are you aware of him in it? Are you conscious and aware of him to the point where he overtakes everything you do in that place of expertise that he's put you in? Are you aware of him in that to a point where it begins to exude out of you and into the fabric of the business and the people in the business? I know for a fact, I know in the jails it is, I know for a fact it is in Joe's office, because when I walk in there, there's a presence. Because a king has stood in the land and said, I'm the tree of righteousness in this place, and from me there will be 
presence. From me, there will be liberty to be free in your craftsmanship in this place. Comes from the head of the place that allows the standing to, to lock in. The standing, after you've done all to stand in that place, you stand there for because Christ has, 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 put, has girded your feet, has put the sh- shotted your feet, prepared your feet to walk into this place of business and be that oak in that dentist's office that, that, that gives out and exudes and exposes something more than just a dentist's office. Something more than just getting your teeth cleaned. Something more than just a good paint job on the wall. There's something more going into the room that you're in because of the willingness to say yes to the expertise and the craftsmanship that Yahweh has placed in you. Now, look at me right now. I said I was going to start in hope, and here I am talking about this. But I'm telling you, these are all strategic things that Yahweh's doing in us. And I just want to honor the men that are in this house who know who they are. And, and Steve, I know in the jails, there's influence going on in your life that you're not aware of. But I'm here to remind you, there are things going on that have been, absolutely have been face-to-face encounters with men and women in these places that have come through you. No other avenue but you. I almost feel there is no other avenue there but you. I don't know that for sure, but I feel there's a grace and anointing on your life in that place of business to be a tree that stands tall that people see and and gravitate toward. There's a likability about you that's uncommon. It's not just some good, cute thing. It's Yahweh in you that has, has, has rewired you in such a way that it's so different and it's so needed. And I bless you for that, Steve. You're an honorable man in that way. Joe, you too. Steve, you too. Jerry, you, all you guys. None of y'all are left out. But I know by the Spirit on me this morning, he, is, he wants to highlight again the, the marketplace. He wants to highlight again how the kingdom actually takes effect in the land that you live in. And, and the only way he can enlarge that tent for Joe is if he takes what he's gotten and does well with it. And he's done well with that. Same thing Steve has done. It's increasing. And you may not see it numerically. You may not see it financially right away. But I'm here, bold as a line, to tell you it's increasing. The level of presence is increasing and the level of, and the, the level of reward is, is increasing. There's a bigger reward coming. I feel rewards in the house today. I feel financial rewards. I feel, um, I just feel the rewarder in the house. Tech guys, Greg and Jeremy, different people. Buddy has been placed in, a, in a, an environment. Robert Allen, Derek, Coit, go down the line. We have all are distinct in who we are, and I love it. And I want you to be aware of it today. And I want to just ask us in that place of business, in that place of, of working, out of our resting, that's provided a pleasant blessing in the place that we live. I don't know how I'm even up here talking to you, really. I, I don't know how it got to be this way from a kid. I've always been preaching from about this tall. I mean, really, really small. I was standing tall in the Lord. I just was. I couldn't get away from it. There's a song I like right now that goes, You love me when I'm up. You love me when I'm down. Your love surrounds. I can't get away. Oh, my God. It's four lines that it's gotten like a million views on YouTube right now. 
you don't need to read the whole book. You just need to find one word with presence on it. My God, I feel the glory in this house. In me, I know that. In this house, everywhere. We don't need to read Genesis to Revelation. I'm good if you do. Put that on your to-do list and check it off and feel good about it. Go eat chilies and have a good time. But my God, focus on what the Word is speaking into your life and get down to the nit and gritty of it and let the presence come off the page. Don't let it be page anymore. Let it, let it start with the Logos and turn into the Rhema. Logos is written. Rhema is an ongoing uh, proceeding word of the Lord. Allow yourself to get in the Logos for the Logos to jump off. He wants, I feel like, I feel letters and sentences and stuff wanting to jump off into expectation people who have hope that has been rooted in such a way that joy is the expression you're going to see on this boy because I got a lot of hope inside. Hope is cultivated on the inside to see joy manifest itself on the outside. Mark has told it. I'm basically going to repeat a bunch of what Mark said. So cheers to that. I'll drink to that. And I, you know, from a, from a young age, I had hope. I didn't know I had it, but I had it because I had a mom and daddy who were super in, uh, intentional with it, like Stephen Cheryl were with Elizabeth. That girl is as blessed today and has got the fire of the Lord in her mouth, and her kids are being influenced by that. It's going to look different, so you can't look at it the same way as you look at your life. And go, well, it ain't measuring up quite right. It ain't the same life. Won't be the same thing. I just, I want to really just highlight again and again how, what, what he's, what he's anointed us with. You know, it's, there's so many things. It's not just one thing, but there is one thing that there is one thing that, that you do well. And for me, I've learned that preaching, I grew up under my dad and who was a prophet and who was really awesome guy. I mean, just really was. I look back at my dad and I go, man, I miss him a lot. And I, today I'm going to really just give you a testimony today. There's not going to be a lot of prophetic flowing and all that, so you can relax. <laughs> I love that y'all, y'all love it. And y'all don't, when y'all don't get it, you still love it. And I love that you don't. Ha, <laughs> I mean, isn't it great that I think one time I said, you can't listen. I think granddaddy told me, you can't listen to a prophet in the same way you, you do as a pastor. You can't try to get it. You're going to be hit migraines before you got a migraine. <laughs> you don't try. Well, today I'm not going to do that. Although I think this, can, this might be classified as some of that. <laughs> but hope is alive in me. And it came from a mom and daddy who... We're intentional with their son. Very intentional with me and Caroline. So I got no excuses and I don't have any. I don't want any. Because I found the romantic flame of love because I found the God of hope. And the God of hope will always lead you to the romantic flame of love. The greatest of these is hope. No, but hope gets you to the romantic flame of the greatest of these is the romantic flame of Who wants romantic flames of love for the Father? Who wants a burning in them of passion that's uncommon? 
to religiosity. Matter of fact, it makes people mad. It makes people agitated. It makes people want to go somewhere else. But I'm rooted in it because I've allowed my upbringing to take effect and, and to do what it needed to do. Submitted to that as a kid, which was easy. I had no yes or no no. I just had a, whatever you want to do, let's go. And that's what I did. And my mom and dad were faithful to that. My grandparents were faithful to that. And I'm blessed today. I'm really him. I'm blessed. I have really good roots and a real good root system of good family. And if I don't talk about anything other than that tonight, today, then I don't really care. Because I don't have to bring some prophetic wild message every time. I can bring a simple message called, you need more hope. All right, let's go to Chili's and let's eat. You know what I'm saying? I'm okay with it. And Mark came to me the other day and I felt this in my spirit when he said, I just feel like there's something in you on it. And immediately I got nervous. (laughs) I know we ain't never been there before. Somebody comes to to Dr. Steve and says, hey, extraordinary dentist, I need you to come over here and, I don't know, do some paperwork. Oh, I don't know about that, right? Something else he might not have a bent. I'm sure he does, but I'm just giving you a little example here. Are you willing to bend and lend your hand to the bending of his plan? in the middle of what he wants to do. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 20. I'll just sum it up. The king's heart is like channels of living water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. So I heard a a turning in in Mark's word. And when he said it, it just hit me. And it was just like, oh, wow, okay, what does this mean for me now? I got to change my whole understanding of how I, he's like, no. No, he said, absolutely not. That's why I have you. That's why you're doing what you're doing. No, don't change that. Don't change that. Don't change being an awesome dentist. Don't change being an awesome painter. But I might need you to come over here and do some other things for a little while that that might need to, because dentistry ain't the only thing he does in in his business. Painting ain't the only thing Steve does. And I'm sure he's got to do a lot more things that go into it that's not just putting paint on a wall. Right? So he's teaching me in in this place of ministry, like your, your bent is toward this. And you're really good at it, and I love what you do here in it, but you're kind of a forest in the tree sometimes, and you don't ever see anything else. So I need to pluck you up out of here, <laughs> and I need to move, move you over here to learn some new things and get new perspective on what it is you do really well. Because you'll never get new perspective on what you do well until you get out of what you do well and start doing some other things. <clears throat> so... Today is one of those days for me, and I'm 30 minutes in the me- 20 minutes in the message and haven't started yet, but it's okay because you get it. It's, it's part of this process I'm learning. I got to talk it out. If you always have to have it developed before you talk it out, you're not a kingdom man. If you don't embrace mystery, you won't, em- you won't embrace the destination like you think you will. Amen, Ben. Good point. I'm just going to lay out, I've got some things. It's so funny, when Mark told me this, I got nervous, and I went to my office and started writing like crazy. It's like, like, oh my God, there's something new here. I have such a lot, I know know we can relate to this, I feel like it's going to work. We're so locked into how we do it. 
I, I say this a lot, and I want to explain what, how Mark says. You say so many things sometimes. I think if you take one thing you say and just talk about it, you can talk for two hours on it. But I want to get it all out, right? I want to say, don't let your routine become routine. Routine is great that you have routine. If you don't have it, you're irresponsible and you're undisciplined and you're lazy. I got that from my dad, a lazy spirit. I cannot stand. And my dad could not stand a lazy spirit. And I'm telling you, none of us in here are lazy. We're proactive people. Don't let your routine become routine. What I mean by that is your day-to-day become mundane, become just ho-hum. When I get up and make a cup of coffee in the morning, I'm telling you, I am ready to get in the Word, and I'm ready to go. Now, I may not be getting in the Word, per se. I may be going to, to Charles and Julia's house to do yard work a couple weeks ago. I may be going here and there. I don't know what it is I'll be doing, but I'm ready to go. If his mercies are new every morning, what else must be new? I wake up, I just speak newness of morning, newness of mercy and love and passion in the morning time when you get up. And don't allow that routine to become mundane and routine. No, man, just remember and, and remind yourself that you're Yahweh in the earth. You're Christ in the earth, the hope of all glory. If, if you don't leave the house with the glory and the hope, you're probably not going to find much of it around you. In this day, especially that we live in today, with a lot of oppression and depression that's pushing people into a two-minded state of mind when they're unstable in all their ways. There's no stableness. There's no foundational locked in, right? But when he gave me that and he said, hey, I feel like there's something. He's never told me that in the whole time I've been here. He's always trusted me and we have such a great relationship in that way. And I love the uniqueness in each one of us, how we deliver and how we do what we do. It's all unto him. No matter what, it doesn't even matter. It's unto him. So no matter, but I, but I do want to hone in on how he has designed us to be and what he has made us to be. He's made us as craftsmen in the earth, as skillful worksmen of the spirit, who everything we do is skillfully and wonderfully made. Whatever it is, if it's a really good dentistry work, if it's a really good paint job, if it's a really good building up, pole barn out here with Chris did for us, Jerry being here for 30-something years and building everything known to man, whatever it is, allow it to have the breath of Yahweh in it. The only reason the breath is on it because you are aware of him when you did it. And when you're aware of him when you do it, the breath doesn't just stay, doesn't, it's not just there when you're there, it stays when you're gone. And the people that come around that when you're gone, Steve, Joe, the influence that you're having on the chairs you're touching, on the people you're looking to, don't take it for granted. I'm telling you, things are working. Things are needing, and, and, and um, the leaven is working itself into those places. To me, that's what I love to hear. I love to hear people owning up in, their, in, in, the, in the businessman. Man, I love that. I just do. There's hope in that. There, you're giving hope to people who... And you don't have to, sh- to share it the way I'm sharing it. It comes out just by who you are. And then those things follow afterwards how you actually do it. Um, y'all good? Yeah. Okay. We're a little, almost 12 o'clock. And, uh, all right. <laughs> but I really want to just tell you how I got hope. Okay, real quick. Story. Gonna, I got a story. And it's personal, so. But your family, so it's okay to share personal things because 
when I say that, it's really real. It's not fake. I have my, I have my, my apartment and my dog and here. This is my life. I don't have a lot of friends because I don't want a lot of friends. I love what Damon Thompson says. He goes, Scripture says, show yourself friendly if you want friends. And I just don't show myself friendly, so I ain't got no friends. <laughs> if Damon can say it, I think Mark would be okay with me saying it. So I'm good. I'm kind of an introvert in a way, but when you see me here, I'm a kind of an extrovert. You go, how does that work? Well, I don't know. But I know when you're in your place of anointing, you act differently than you do at home. Especially when it's the spirit kind of thing. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to just briefly just lay out a few things. How he, how he made a boy who, was, who grew up in the spirit in the kingdom, who had it all, who was spoiled rotten and got a lot of things that no, a lot of other kids could, did not have, and I'm super grateful for that. But there came a point when the coat, I couldn't ride the coattail any longer, right? Yeah. Well, that comes for all of us. But until that comes, stay under the parent's hand. Stay under mom and dad. Let them teach you. Let them, man, let them do all they need to do in you because you're not fully ready yet when you think you are. You need to let them season you some, and that only comes by being near it. Most things are caught way more than they're taught, and I caught way more than I ever was taught, although my dad taught a lot. <laughs> That's an understatement. <clears throat> but I caught it in order to be taught it later and to be able to receive it in a way that was um, just a beautiful thing. It really, really was. Um, so, houses of hope. That's what I'm looking at today. He adds hope in the seated posture of surrender. <clears throat> First order of business is not hope. It's the God of hope. And in order to receive the necessary degree of hope, I must be seated and lingering with the gift giver to receive this precious commodity called hope. And it's hard to know you need hope when you're, when you're doing well. It's hard to know you need hope when things are just clicking like they need to click and you got all the money you need in the bank account and you got everything you need and your family's blessed and everything's good. I don't really need it. I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, that's awesome. But there came a time in your life, I'm sure, when you didn't and you needed it added to your life. That came from me almost seven years ago now. And I'll really take it back to almost 10 years ago, March 14, 2010, when my dad died. And the beginning of the breaking for me was that year. The beginning of the oil being poured out over the wounds that had been created in my life through, through loss, through hurt and pain. I didn't need that oil before then. I was good. Even though I wasn't in the church, I was good. I hadn't suffered loss. I had it made. I had it made. I mean, I did. I was blessed. I didn't need the oil, the, the touch of the, of the Father to come into my life like I did 2010. When I was in my mom and dad's house on Pembroke Avenue, was watching T.D. Jakes in my bedroom when I just moved back from Charleston, South Carolina, trying to get my, right, my life right. Had 
went to work at Dillard's with my mom was working there. Basically got me a job there. I needed a job. Came back here in 2007. And little did I know three years later, my dad would be gone. But there was, a, there was something happening even in that. But I wish I could tell you when I moved back from Charleston to Panama City that I got it right right away. But I did not. I just kind of let the stuff go. I didn't even think about it. I was just like, well, I'm good. I'm just going to have my fun and, and eat my cake and eat it too. Have my cake and eat it too and just do whatever I want to do. And I know none of us have ever been there before, right? <laughs> We've never wanted to have our cake and eat it too. We've always just been one dimensional, one God, me, uh, no, I don't know nothing else. That's not true. We are working from the deity position of Christ, but we do need to remind ourselves sometimes we are human beings, we're spirit beings having a human being experience. It's very short. But you, when, you reminded your, when you remind yourself that you're a spirit being having a human being experience, you'll know what posture to take. And you'll know what eye to look out of. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. But I have been sent to it to be the conduit between heaven and earth. You can do it. Conduit. Oh, hallelujah, man. Mm. So 2010, dad dies, heart attack. Just moved back. And breaking happens. I was coming into the kitchen and he had just made some pork chops. He was lying down on the couch and watching TV like he did. He loved to watch the news. People used to call him the news because he was prophetic. It was like his nickname, the news. Like, what's going on? He just knew. And he loved to watch the news. Fox, like, all the time. Yeah. Um, he loved the news. I was actually kind of shocked he did because he didn't, like... He did not like watching church TV, though. He did not like watching religious people on TV doing their thing. But he's laying on the couch. I go, he had just made a plate of pork chops. I said, can I have some? Can I have some pork chops, Dad? And he said, you can have as much as you want. And that's the last I heard of my dad. I said, the guy that meant the most to me in my life was gone. And I never had to face anything like that before because I had it made. My granddaddy literally paid for me, paid my rent as long as I went to school through college. Now, how good is that? He paid my rent as long as I had a job. If I worked, I was a bagger at Food Line and a stalker. And he paid my way through college as long as I had a job. Well, I had a job. It was a small little job, about 20 hours a week, but it was a job. <laughs> and I would love to receive those $800 checks a month or whatever much it was. I don't forget that. Those are things that seasoned me, helped me. But when this day came, I didn't have a grid for it. I didn't know what to do with it. So... I had a breaking moment there. 
And there was one other thing he wanted to break me with. There, it, it, I love that scripture. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything must be confirmed and established. I think that's good things, and I think that's bad things. I think he almost double portions your bad things to set you up for the joy that's coming. Because you can't look through scripture and not see these men go through something that allowed them to get to something greater than they ever could have gotten to if they didn't allow themselves to subject themselves to surrendering themselves to going through that canal of hardship and through that canal of, oh my Jesus, what am I going to do with this breaking? I wish I could say it happened after he passed, but it didn't. I had another thing that happened. I got involved with a girl and came involved with a relationship that I thought was a healthy thing. And I think that almost made me lean into that more because of what I just experienced. I was like, man, I just, I just want another, I just want a family. Just, I just want to be a part of something. I just want to be that. Not that I didn't have it, but it was different with my dad and mom. Obviously, the age I was, this was a total different thing. But you understand what I'm saying. I, I grabbed onto that like it was everything and treated it too much like that and became a toxic thing over time for me. And long story short, that dissipated. And she, she let, that thing did not work out. 2012, November. I'll never forget going to the Alabama and Auburn game in 2012 and feeling absolutely done. I mean, done. I've never felt more awful than that day. You can't get hope till you break. You don't know what hope is till you break. Till you go through stuff. And remind yourself, oh yeah, I've been sent to it. Okay, got it. I'm of him, but I'm in here. But I've been sent to in, so I'm okay with in. Not of it, but I've been sent to it. I'm in it. Not of it. Been sent to it to be the conduit between heaven and earth. You can do it, conduit. Hallelujah. But I had a visual for what breaking looked like. And it happened in my gut. Like a punch there. And we, I remember going to that game and trying to enjoy myself. And it was hard. It was miserable, man. It was so bad. And I think Yahweh wants us to taste again how we felt just to remind ourselves how good he is and how precious this time we have here is. I've been away from it for almost seven years and I've found my joy. But I think he brought it up to me again recently to remind you. I'm just going to a little, just like a little taste of it on you, just to remind you how you felt. Because I don't remember. I'm, I'm standing in front of you today with no loss, with no rejection, with no bitterness. I'm not just telling you that to make it sound good on the podcast later when you go back and go, oh, amen. Good. This is real. I, I don't have any loss. I've blessed her. I bless her family. I bless everybody around them. I speak life over them. I speak abundance and blessing over them. You're looking at a healed whole man today. No toxin in me whatsoever from that. And it's, it's not, and it's not in a, I did it right and you did it wrong. They did what they needed to do and I blessed them in that. Now, if you'd asked me seven years ago, eh, you ain't getting this right here. 
you're getting the R-rated version of the G version you're getting here today, which is who I am all the time, G-rated. But I was R-rated at that time. And it was not healthy for me to even be around here. I couldn't even come to church. I couldn't come around this environment. Place of breaking, the place of oil, the place where he adds hope. That's the message. I'm just trying to keep that going so y'all can remember what I'm talking about. So I can remember so we can get out of here because it's noon. But, I, but what you see here is, is romanticism, what I have now. I have a real intimacy, a love that comes by real easy. I live in it. I don't have anybody else to bother me. (laughs) Now, I want somebody to come bother me. Trust me. (laughs) And in his timing, it will be. But I had to get whole and free before he could bring in his hand of timing to set down exactly what he has for me. And sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes it takes seven years. And you're looking at a seventh day man today, which is a completed whole man to receive. Amen. Come on. To receive a thing called hope. When I was hopeless, born into a kingdom family extraordinaire. I never get up here that I don't just rave about my family. Just rave about my dad and my mom. I love them. I mean, I do. They are, my, they are my oxygen, man. They really are. And there's new beginnings in the house. There's a fresh wind of new beginnings. I can just smell it. Just the fragrance of the crisp fall morning and the new beginnings that come and the season change to remind us that we're not seasonal people anyway. We're actually no time and space of him dimensionally, and everything we see is joy. Everything we see is bliss. Even the winter times are full of bliss and full of joy because we're the oaks of righteousness that stand in those places and remind people who Yahweh is through looking at the tree that was standing in the place of his assignment. Because he was seated rightly in heaven and was sent rightly from, the, from Christ himself to stand in the earth. <clears throat> so in that time, I just, it was real easy. My heart was really pliable at that time. It was really, it was, it was easy to move it. It was softened to the point of Complete surrender. Complete, like, okay, I don't have it figured out. I'm here to tell you, I need you. I need you now. I need you in a way I haven't had you before. I need you to show up now in a way that I can't even put words to. And he gave me one thing that changed my life. And I've said it here many, many times. But he said, basically, he said, I need you to do one thing, and then I'll take care of the rest. I need you to give me your time. I need you to give me your time. I've taken everything away from you. Where all you see is me. 
And I want to sit down with him long enough to stare into those eyes of fire long enough to become the house of hope that I'm designed to be. And I'll never become a house of hope until I look into the eyes of fire in the place of breaking, in the place of when I don't know what to do. I sit down in my room and I cry out for Yahweh. And what that looks like for a long time is no results. Hope is in play before the substance reveals itself. The worshiper finds the nutrients in hope that set the palate to taste faith. So what I did in 2013, January, was I sat down in my room in Pembroke. My mom still living at my parents' house, a lot of financial things I was under, a lot, not, that was added to the emotional drama of this girl and my dad. It was in a matter of two-year window. 2010, really doing well after dad passed, had a great funeral for him, I mean, standing room only, awesome time. My Uncle Tim did a great job hosting that. Granddaddy was actually in the hospital that time, suffering from some illnesses he was going through. It was a heavy time. And my Uncle Steve, don't forget him, he came by and picked me up to go to the hospital to see my dad that night, which was another thing I'm grateful for. But how I got it, how you see a romantic flame of love here today, because I sat down in a room with no results. Just me and him and becoming aware of him. I wish I could verbalize that better, but I just. mm. You get it? I mean, I I mean, I mean, that's it. He's like, all right, Ben's not going to like this, but I'm going to take her away. And and his dad is the king of his life. So I'm going to start with that. And then let her come after that. And then now he's got empty shoulders now. Now he's ready to carry something. But not until he sits and stares at me. I always say this, and you'll get it after I just said that. Intimacy will give you eyes to see will move into intimacy. Into him you see out of your vision, becoming steadied. He first has to steady your body, then he has to steady your eyesight. In a world full of what? Topsy-turvy. I need you to steady your eyes on me. I need you to look at me. That's all I need you to do. You got one job. Look at me. The eyes of fire became a house of hope to walk out of that secret place with the house of hope and the house of fire to give to anyone that I see that needs it or just to give it whether I spoke it or not, just to be that person in the earth. Hope is in play before the substance reveals itself, which we all know is that grand word that's the one thing that pleases the Father, faith. That's really the journey of relationship. 
But you can't start the journey till you break, until you open all those cavities that you think are whole and healed. And maybe they are. I'm glad if they are. But you know how I'll know? Your joy. Your joy will tell me. Joy is, if it's the one thing that got Christ over, what must it look like to you, man? If it's the one thing that allowed Christ to surrender himself fully. I mean, what? What what does that manifested look like? Well, I feel like I'm just in the appetizer portion of joy. I feel like I'm just kind of playing around with joy. I feel like he's about to deluge us with full courses of joy. And I'm, I just don't know if we can handle it right now. But I'm here as an oracle, a worshiper, is what I became, so I can get back to Yahweh what he's looking for, which is not an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's a worshiper. That's what was rooted in me. Not apostle. Prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, but Benjamin, son of my right hand, the, the boy that I blessed with a great father and mother. Now that he's out, now that she's out, he's breaking, and I'm becoming one with him now. He's becoming one with me, and we're just exchanging back and forth out of hope. And that's what he did. He filled me with hope. He had me surrendered in the seated posture of surrender, and now he's filling. He does his job. Don't try to do what he's trying to do. Find out what your place is, and I can pretty much tell you what it is. Sit down and shut up. And surrender. He adds hope in the seated posture of surrender. To steady you and to steady your eyesight. To steady your gaze. A place of breaking, a place of surrendering that softens the heart to become pliable to move from the oil to the wine. A lot of people want wine, but they haven't been threshed in the oil. They haven't allowed those wounds to be truly marked by his hand. They've covered them up and acted like everything's okay. And they moved on to faith. It's the one thing that pleases God. But I know your joy is full by your posture of surrender that allows you to go through the sorrow and not do gymnastics over it and try to reach the heights you want to reach without going through the depths he wants you to go through to reach the highest heights he's got for you. Come on. And I'm coming up on the seventh year for me, which is a big deal. I think that's why I feel it so much. I mean, that game, every time I, I think about that game, just that misery that was on me, it was so bad. I mean, bad. (laughs) Has anybody ever been in a bad spot? (laughs) Well, I can tell you how to get hope. Sit down and look into the eyes of fire till you become a house of hope. That's how you do it. I got one good thing here. I got a lot of good things down here. Hope is in play before the substance reveals itself. The worshiper finds the nutrients in hope that a lot of times does not manifest results, but is building a heart in patience. But is building, say building, Building. a heart heart. in patience. Oh. 
building a heart in patience to experience the one thing you need to please God. Faith. It's impossible to please Yahweh without hope. No. It's impossible to please Him without faith. Faith is the door to the ear to hear. And the ear to hear is the door. It's so funny to me how my message the last few have, it's Yahweh like took me back to the beginning of what I've been preaching the last few times I've been preaching. It's about the, the, the ear, the, the mouth, the eye, and the feet. He's like, great, keep doing it, but I'm going to re- rewind. He's like, rewind. I need you to go back here. And that's, that's what I heard from a, a, an oracle and a leader in Mark that I would not have gotten unless the leader and the oracle stepped up and said, hey, Listen. In a brotherly, beautiful, uniquely divine orchestrated way. You need to step up when the Father's putting something in you to speak it. Don't wait on it. Speak it. The world. Declare it. Yes. Something's going on over here. Is that okay? Okay, it sounds really loud. It's <laughs> So what is... Man, I, I, I want to honor the leader of this house for doing that for me. If he did not step in that place and go, turn with the wind. Turn with the channel. Remember my verse, let's don't forget it. The king's heart is like channels. King's heart is like channels of living water. Pick, visualize it. King's heart is like channels. Channels, fishermen know channels, right? King's heart is like channels of living water. He turns it wherever he wishes. Kings and priests know where the turn is. Mark's king priest. Hey, Ben. Got it. Go home. So I want to honor the voice and the voice through Mark coming to me and going, shift with the wind. And it's brought me back to the beginning of my life, really when my secret place life journey started. And it's also to remind me how far I've come with the stuff that he's given me in this house. <laughs> Man, what I've gotten written down, and I'm not here to promote me, y'all know that, but I'm talking about Yahweh in us. And I got us, this is what I do. So this is, this is like talking d- d- dentistry stuff and you just do it. You, <laughs> What he has done in this house of hope is unbelievable. The hurt and the pain and the loss that I had those, that year was absolutely indescribable. Some of us have been through worse. Some of us haven't been through that. Don't compare it. Just listen to the story. Listen to the messenger. And get what you can from it today. And for me, it's just to stay, just to simply say, if you're down and out, there's hope. And his name is Yeshua. And if you stare at him long enough, you got the eyes, you'll begin to see him in the way you're supposed to see him, which bounces off of him and back into you. Because you're not just seeing him, you're seeing him in you. Which is a whole other message for a whole other time. But the bottom line is, he's done a lot in us. And we need to rejoice that he has given us this romanticism from a grounding of hope. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, Thank you, ah, so rest, seated posture of surrender, he adds hope, 
steadies you, steadies your eyesight to steady your gaze. Okay, my eyes are focused in, locked in. Place of breaking surrender, softens heart to become pliable to move from the oil to the wine, from the hope to the faith. From the faith to the, comes by hearing. See, there's a gradual progression, but I'm going back and I'm rewinding back and I'm going forward. And see, there's this, there's this beautiful this granddaddy. The beginning and the end are the same. So I can do it. And I cannot be ashamed by it. I can go rewind. I can go fast forward. I can go pause. I can go stop. I can go whatever I want to do. Man, I'm telling you. You know what I like to do a lot, though, is rewind. To think about the good times. I'm a ponderer. I'm a rememberer. David says, meditate on thy word day and night. Not just the word, but the, what has happened to you. How you have become this person of hope and, and faith and joy and love and peace. Man, I love the story just as much as I love the expression of it. I love, that's why I'm a picture guy. I'm a family guy. I like to, I like to go and look at old pictures of my life and, our, and this church's life and your life. If I got room, access to it, I mean, I like it. I'm weird like that. I just want to see what you've been up to. What's going on in your family? How, how do you look so handsome and pretty? Where did it come from? How do you express the way you do? Where did it come? I want to go back to where it came from. The Al Cobbs and the, and the Nolan Balls. Man, I want to go back to the root system and go, what's happened up in here? I want to find out what's up in the root systems. There's a lot of fruit because we've honored the root well. So guess what? Fruit time. Fruit, fruit, fruit time. <clears throat> it's good to have your mom in the congregation. Because <laughs> she ain't never short on words. Let me tell you that. I love her so much. Wait, that's not embarrassing. I love you. Oh, I hadn't gotten to one verse. But we, we went pretty long in worship, so I think we're good, right? <clears throat> Um, thank y'all for coming. Thank y'all for being here. It's hard to activate when no one's participating. And when you come and show up, that means a lot to me. Thank you for coming this morning. Really. I never take that for granted. I'm always surprised people show up every time, (laughs) even though we've been doing it a while and we've been, I'm just still grateful for that. I really am. And what y'all is going to do in this house is, um, is really big. It's really big. And it only can get big because the roots were in play. And you guys are the roots. You guys are the, the hope that fills this house. You're the, the really strong rootstock system. And I honor you for coming today. So for me at that time, it, it was a real um, surrendering place. And once I seated myself long enough to posture myself and look into the eyes of this king that I love, that is the hope in me, I became infatuated and just a beautiful love affair with it. It became second nature to me to do it, where I didn't have to be as intentional as I used to be to set the groundings for a secret place lifestyle, you know? And um, So he fills hearts with hope who are willing to accept the invitation of the dance. In order for Yahweh to fill us with all joy and peace, we must access hope through a lingering posture and process of expectation, 
that's formed with no results happening, just a burning of expectation coming, something's coming. Sort of like the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 1, and they were all together in one place as one, period. And I feel the Father saying, and Tommy Beach was all in, in all in one place as one, and, and suddenly. It's a different marking. That was a Pentecostal marking. Today is a tabernacle marking where you become the house of God now. You stayed in the room long enough to become the room. So hello, room of God, house of God that has expectation building, not in just a building, an upper room building, but in the house of God that's building something up to invite the visit. Visit time. You always want to come visit. Knocking on the door. Can I come up for a visit? Share some meal with you and talk. That happens before you can really habitate with him. But there must be an expectation that is formed in the sitting, seating posture of lingering when nothing's happening. <laughs> That's hard for most people who want it right now. That's why most people don't really have joy. Because they're not really rooted in hope. They're not really rooted in him. How you get hope is just as important as hope. When I know surrendering to his surrounding presence opens the door to more hope, which leads to faith, that leads to ear to hear, I'll be more willing to linger in his arms, knowing what the fullness of correct orientation will bring. See, really, we know what the end result is. He's good. That's the period. He's good. So if I know that, I don't care how long it takes for me to see what I think I need to see. I'm just so caught up in the oneness with him that all the other stuff is just extra to me. Now, that's got to be our mandate. That has to be our framework to see it. If we're going in to get something, to go out to always do something, then we're not going to get locked into it. We won't be baptized immersed into that presence. A couple more things and we'll be done. Thank y'all for listening today. I just want you to remind you of what it is to see a person that is whole, healed, and a person that recognizes each day that I am not my own person. And I realize that through a process of complete breaking and surrendering to his presence. couple things here. In that seated posture of seated, he adds hope in the seated posture of surrender, there is a expectation a formed in that lingering that moves to a visita- an encounter of his visitation, an encounter of him that leads to a transformation of your mind that moves you into the habitation of the hope and the fire of God in your life. So, Lingering, seated, expectation, encounter, visitation. In that visitation, that's when he fills you with the hope. And sometimes it's, whoa, something's on me, goosebump, like everything. And sometimes it's just a thought. Sometimes it's in the silence you hear the, you get the presence. It's just like, oh, something happened. 
And it's not like mystical, weird, but it, but it might be. But allow it to be whatever he wants it to be. But, don't, but just receive it. Don't, don't try to conjure it or doctor it. Just let it happen. Most things happen when you just let it simmer. Let it sit there long enough, yourself long enough to just let it come on you. Lingering in expectation, encountering the visitation, filled with hope and hunger for a sound mind transformation that leads me into what we all want to do, be the holy habitation of Yahweh for the suddenlies to come to the person who waited in silence in the upper room until that came. And that's what this house is doing. We're, we're, getting, we're receiving suddenlies of new beginnings and new, new markings for our life. And it's pivotal that we lean into that and that we acknowledge that. And uh, let me read one verse. Man, I didn't get to anything, but it's all right. Hebrews, no, Romans. Sorry. Romans chapter... 15, verse 13. We'll be done here today. Hope steadies me, steadies my eyesight to receive the romantic flame of the greatest, most effective tool in the toolbox, love. Worshippers carry hope well because they've learned through devotion the necessary steps of being seated in patience, which teaches us even our tribulations were necessary to work something in us. Even our tribulations were necessary to work something in us. Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope. (laughs) First order of business is not hope. It's the God of hope. And in order to receive the necessary degree of hope, I must be seated and lingering with the gift giver to receive this precious commodity called hope. Hope. God of hope may fill you with all joy and peace. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a good verse. Amen. Stand with me. Yahweh, thank you for this time. Thank you for this little bit of time that we have with you together. We honor you for it. We ask you, Father, to build us to remind us again what you've built in us, that you've built houses of hope, houses of fire that have learned how to linger in the process, have learned how to linger in that place of being seated in the breaking of what's going on in our lives. And you, we just simply said yes to you to come in and do whatever you needed to do. And we just lift our hands again corporately and just say that again, that we surrender again, Father. We surrender again to your love-giving, your hope-giving, your manifested presence that you continually give to us daily. We just ask you for more of that and more of that and more of that to remind us who we are in the earth. Houses of hope with houses of fire 
who are ready to give out what we have been hidden in in the secret place. I speak life over everyone in this house today, blessing and health and life and strength to everybody. And we just thank you for a great week this week. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Bless y'all. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org. 